0: The Provoke Podcast, brought to you by Provoke Media and produced by the International Broadcast Specialist Marketeers.
1: Everyone and welcome to the Provoke Media Podcast. I'm Maya Kevinsk Sims, the Amir editor of Provoke, and today I'm going to be talking about B2B brand marketing and creativity in B2B campaigns. Now, B2B hasn't always been seen as the sexiest bit of the PR industry, but my three guests today are here to correct that erroneous notion. First of all, we have Dave Woodward, managing partner of B2B Technology Agency Fight or Flight which he co-founded with Joe Walton and Charlie Meredith Hardy, all former tech team leaders at Weber-Shamwick in London in 2020, right in the depths of lockdown. The agency was one of the top five fastest growing agencies in the world, according to our data last year, when it was also named as our new agency of the year for 2022. Next, we've got Vital Flight's first head of creative, Kate Sarginson, who joined the agency at the end of last year, after leading the UK consumer marketing team at Weber Shamwick. And finally, we have Lauren Payne-McLeod, Associate Director of Strategy and Creative at Vital Flight. David, Kate and Lauren, welcome. Thanks,
0: Maya. Thanks Maya. <laughs> uh, nice to it's, see you
1: again. It's lovely to see you too. We have not spent enough time together over the, over the past couple of years, other than a few very good sporting matches. So thank you very much for that. Uh, always lovely to hang out with old Weber Shamwick markers.
0: Uh, Absolutely.
1: Uh, first up, David. How are things going at Fight or Flight? What's the journey been like since the dark days of April 2020, when uh, when you kind of made that break from Weber and 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 set out on your own, the three of you?
0: Wow, what a question. Because I mean, when you're when you're running a startup, you know everything happens just so quick that time gets condensed, right? So we are we're actually three years old. I, I'm not sure whether it's three years old this week, but it's it's pretty close. So happy birthday to us right but um you know three years feels like 300 years uh because so so much has so much has happened you, you're right yeah we are kind of locked down babies uh we began fight or flight pretty much in, in into the teeth of the of the pandemic um and a lot a lot happened in those first few weeks of months mm. uh, but i think it i think it steeled us actually and i think i think you know lo- lots of clients still think that we're called by Wolf Flight like, because of the conditions into which we were born, uh, which which is not quite right. But you know, we're we're in PR and a, and a good story sells, right? So 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 happy with that association. But yeah, it's um uh, it, it's been absolutely wild, and uh, I, I certainly I certainly wouldn't change a thing. Um, and you know, look, the 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 point of the business really was. Uh, born out of this kind of understanding of, uh, of things kind of shifting, the ground shifting a little bit in, in B2B. And we were starting to get a few briefs in, uh, in our old agencies that, that were quite brand and creativity oriented. And we saw a little bit of opportunity to maybe strike out and do something on our own um, that that, that maybe realised that, that opportunity you know, make a big bet on creativity in, in B2B PR. We'd always really felt quite strongly that there was something kind of missing from from B2B PR and, and marketing and comms, that, you know, that that thing being creativity. And the movement towards brand gave us that opportunity to bet big on creativity in, in B2B. And well, we're still here three years later, and 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 things things are going great. So uh, we're 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 thinking it was a good bet to have made.
1: I think it was definitely a a good bet. What's the size of the team now, and who are you working with on the on client wise?
0: So client wise, first of all, we got we got kind of quite, quite a nice little mix of different uh, types of uh, of client. We've got we've got lots of big brand names in B two B. We work with uh, with LinkedIn. We work with Expedia. We work with Nokia. We've also got some, quite a few interesting um, grown-up startups, shall I call them? Um, and we're we we're, we're quite good at looking after, for example, kind of fast-growing technology companies. We've got a we've got a great uh, client called Contexa on our client list. Contexta made the news a couple of weeks ago with with its uh, with its, its funding round. And uh, has managed to become the, the UK's latest unicorn. So, congrats to them. Um, but yeah, we, we're, we're a nice mix of those big kind of established B two B brands and and those kind of technology brands that are looking to break through.
1: And um, what about the size of the team?
0: Yeah, we're up, we're, we're up at above thirty now. So, uh, as you guys at Provoke know, we're we're actually a global agency. Uh, which certainly wasn't on uh, the initial plan. The initial plan was to just a deal in the UK. But um, yeah, no, we're we're, we're global now. We've got a number of consultants uh, uh, over in the States Um, and we're we're over and above 30 in the UK as well.
1: That's really rapid growth, hence your appearance in that top five fastest growing list. Amazing work. You talked about that opportunity for B2B brand marketing and bringing more creativity into the world of B2B. Why is why is it? Do you think we're finally starting to see B two B marketing enjoy more of the credit and prominence, particularly in terms of its creativity, which is usually reserved for consumer marketing, which is obviously Kate's background. What what's actually changed?
0: Well, I think I think people are starting to understand that that we actually live. You know, it, it's interesting because you know, in, in the marketing world. B2B is, is, has been kind of almost like the ugly cousin, hasn't it? And I've never really fully agreed with that that positioning. Um, the, 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 way, the way that I see it is actually is that consumer marketing is a smaller subset of the real B2B world that we actually live in. Mm. And most people don't really see all the B2B activity that, that goes on behind the scenes, I think about the, the iPhone in, in, in your pocket, right? Everyone thinks about maybe the story that, that Apple tells right at the end to consumers to try to persuade people to, to buy that phone and, and not something else. But we don't think about all of the B2B activity that actually enabled that phone to reach us as a consumer. You know, what, what glass go, go, goes onto the screen? What 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 are you know how are some of the apps made? Who are the developers that that have made those apps? What what platform does that does that phone sit on? What is the the supply chain, the global supply chain that you know, enables the battery and all the parts in that battery to, to reach the factory on time? Mm. All, of the, all of this activity takes place right under the nose of, of all of us without really any of us realizing that it's going on. And it's the consumer story at the end that, that maybe gets all the attention. But think about every single B2B story that needs to, needs to happen in order to persuade all of those people in that massive supply chain to make the decisions that they've made to get that phone into your pocket. And that, for me, is, is, is the bigger part of the story. And it's, it's, it's crazy that the consumer gets all the attention for that.
1: So that's the kind of bigger, I mean, it is crazy when you think about it. We're we're just the, the end point, aren't we, really? And uh, the, there's a lot of conversations and a lot of audiences and a lot of stakeholders involved along that journey. But, I mean, that's the bigger uh, marketing picture for a new consumer product, which has all the B2B stuff on its uh, um, development path. But what's the role for PR in the rise of B2B marketing, do you think?
0: I think think that's that's a good question because uh, I think first of all PR should go hand in hand with that with that marketing effort but the big difference between uh, B2B and and consumer communications is that in B2B you're acting ahead of the market right you're trying to project and, and tell a story about the future and that's why in B2B You know, advertising and marketing can't do the job on its own. You require a conversation to set the scene for something that's going to happen in the future. You know, I'll give you an example. You know, Google did not build its business, even though it is an advertising business, on advertising. Google was actually built on PR. And the reason it needed PR is because it needed a, a quite a complicated story to tell, about how it was gonna change the world of advertising. And you need the conversation-driven storytelling power of PR to do that. You can't do that with advertising alone.
1: Mm. Um, Kate, creativity is kind of your blood and you've come from the consumer background into the, into the B2B environment. What do you see as the role of creativity in B2B marketing and PR? And how is that different? Um, bearing in mind everything David said, And the way it's used to get attention for consumer brands.
2: Yeah, I think the transition has been an absolutely fascinating one for me. And the huge appeal of moving into B2B is just the untapped potential creatively. Um, The door is there to be pushed open. And I think there's a real appetite from brands across, across the whole B2B sector to do things differently. And you know, change up how we storytell. I think there's been, you rightly pointed out at the start, you know, there's a bit of a reputation issue around B2B and that comes from, you know, so many agencies in the past just doing things in the same way. And really there's no reason to keep doing things the same way, right? I say to these guys all the time, it's not like when we come to work, we suddenly put a B2B hat on, right? It's we are all consumers. (laughs) So we are all consuming media in the same way. You know, the channels we use, the content we engage with, the uh, the, the actions we take off the back of it, all of, the, all of the things we used in consumer marketing to drive that response, they absolutely apply to B2B. And that, for me, is the exciting bit, is how do you connect the way in which we operate as consumers in this world? And God knows it changes daily, right, in terms of the social platforms we use or the people that are influencing us. For me, it's why wouldn't we be doing that in the B2B space and actually changing up the conversation and really allowing brands to stand out in a space that has, to all intents and purposes, kind of done the same stuff for a long time. Um, and for us, that's the really exciting thing is we get to take clients on that journey with us, right? It's uh, talking to our B2B clients who have a real appetite, you know, for creativity. And I think that's what I've also found fascinating about this it's kind of it's harder (laughs) don't get me wrong Mara. it's kind of a it's a more difficult challenge because you are trying to have a more specific outcome off the back of what you're trying to do with creativity but Mm -hmm. actually the opportunity is huge Um, and that for me is the most exciting thing right now and and, you know using PR as part of that channel but in the same way we did in consumer marketing looking across the whole integrated marketing uh, tools that we have open to us so everything from we did an amazing uh, podcast for medias last year that has just rocked up, I mean, crazy numbers on, on the Spotify. Um, you know, that is not something that, that people would tell a story in, in that way in the past using a, you know, a podcast as a, as a channel to, to deliver the messaging. So I just think it's a it's an absolutely fascinating time and to kind of be there somewhat at the start of it and definitely with the right agency to do that with has been um, honestly inspiring over the last six months for me.
0: But that's the brilliant thing. That's a brilliant yeah. thing, right? So that that podcast that Kate is talking about, you you would have no idea as a consumer of podcasts that that's a B two B piece of content. Mm. And I think I think that's the point that we're trying to make that that you know B two B brands have just as much right to be a part of the public consciousness as consumer brands, and it's up to us as as comms people to To enable these brands to, to shine through in a way that you don't label them as B2B or B2B, B2C. It's just here's a good piece of content.
1: Lauren, Kate was talking there about there being a real appetite from B2B brands for more creative campaigns and uh, a more creative strategy built into their, their marketing and PR. Does it also require them to be a bit braver as well? Is there some handholding
3: required there? Yeah, I think 100 percent. I mean, I think we feel really strongly that the ethos that we have at, at Fight or Flight is very much that you know, all of our creatives are consultants and all of our consultants are creatives. I think particularly when you're you're looking at B2B organizations who perhaps haven't done a lot of this stuff before, it, it can often start small. It's, you know, actually, we've got a, a report that we do every year. We want to do something a bit different with how we present it. Like, let's, you know, explore some video content and then you get more buy-in from the organisation and you get more confidence and it grows. But I think it's very much having that trusted client relationship. Mm -hmm. 100% is at the heart of it. And so having teams really embedded within a business, within its challenges, who really understand the strategy, who really understand the audiences that they're trying to reach and how the creative is actually going to help as a kind of problem solving tool to actually reach those audiences in new and different ways. And so I think it's it's absolutely essential and very much part of the model that we have that, you know, a lot of the briefs that we've worked on that produce the work that we're most proud of have come out of you know, random conversations that we're having with clients, that uh, you know, just on a weekly call, or you know, getting kind of in the kind of weeds of the challenges that that's on the kind of you know top of mind of their their stakeholders at the time. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I think it's very very essential that you've got those trusted relationships, and that, that you're kind of chipping away kind of um, every year. And we're seeing with some of those clients where we've had those kind of bigger breakthrough integrated campaigns. Now the, the appetite is there and that the, they've seen the kind of results and the rest of the business is excited about the content that's being produced. Like they just they can't get enough of it. And we're seeing such momentum there. And then you see other clients and other people seeing the work. And it, it really is a bit of a snowball effect, which is why I think we're so excited at the moment, particularly about kind of this buzz that's around the industry where there's just more and more kind of like want and need for these types of um, kind of campaigns and solutions.
2: I think Lauren makes a, a really important point in that I'm not a pure creative. Lauren's not a pure creative. Dave's not a pure creative. What we bring is that piece where like the holy triangle, right? We have always been in clients and we understand clients and we listen to clients and we know what works for clients, right? And I think that's critical when it comes to actually selling, you know, creative um uh, solutions to them because, you know, you're rooting in, in the day-to-day of what actually works for their business. Mm-hmm. We all pretty adept at the at strategy so you bring in the strategy piece again linking it back to you know the wider world we're operating and what it means for the audience and that gives us the kind of right to play in the creative space because what we're taking are really relevant on-point creative solutions that clients can you know easily buy and see how they're going to impact their business mm-hmm. not just creative for creative sake but creative is actually going to um, answer a business objective and I think that's what is slightly different about us is we're bringing that unique mix together and we're encouraging it across the whole floor by the way this is very much a kind of dem- democratic approach to to creativity at FOF because you know there are people and I've seen that over the last six months of being here you know from right the most junior level all the way up we're encouraging people to bring ideas what they've heard from clients and, you know, the amount of, of creatives that have actually come from the wider team is, is uh, extensive. And that's exactly what we want. We want to have that creative spirit across across the floor um, so we can really deliver the difference for, for clients no matter where they sit on the kind of B2B tree. And it's
0: definitely, uh, we would say that it, it's, a, it's a myth that B2B comms people are not brave uh, uh, and, and they're not bold. Um, and it's a myth that, you know, you need kind of client bravery and client boldness to, to to get to get this kind of work made. Most of our clients, in fact, I would say probably all of our clients share our ambition as an agency to make really creative work that, 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 that they can be proud of. The problem is in uh, the credibility of marketing and comms within their business, mm. because in. B2B, the power has tended to lie with the sales guys yeah. and with the product guys. And it's it's been traditionally difficult for the really creative work to get made because it sometimes gets blocked. And that's why the point that, that Laura was making earlier about, you know, all of our kind of consultants are creative and all of our creative consultants is important because clients don't need more bravery. They've got the ambition. They've got the courage. It's more about how do we make sure that we can push this work through? How can we make sure that it arrives at the, the finishing line in its most creative and, and bold and brave state? Because that's the hard bit.
1: I want to come back to that point about talent in a minute. But first of all, I'm really I'm really intrigued as to whether the, the the measurement of your effectiveness, and we talked about the direct link between business strategy and creative strategy. And there's never any creativity for its its own sake, as we still see far too often in in the consumer space. It, it could be argued is is that a way forward that you can show directly the effectiveness for the business of a successful creative B two B campaign? Yes,
0: absolutely, because it's the creativity is is. Is always is always attached to an objective right so you know what one of the campaigns for example that you know a, a lot of people are uh, are talking about that, that that we did last year was a campaign uh, for Roland which is a, a a massive kind of like commercial maker of these giant print machines mm. these, these machines are they they're almost as big as a room like right? they're 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 massive. And, you know, the, the client um, very kindly gave us a very interesting brief to try to uh, help to sell one of these these massive commercial printers that was going to be used for the textiles industry. And so there's a very sharp objective attached to the creative that, that, that we set out, uh, or the creative solution that, that we set, set about to, to apply. And you can measure that, right? You can measure that in terms of interest in in, in that machine. You can measure that in in terms of sales. You can measure it in terms of uh, attention that's directed through the channels that you're selling that machine. So there's there's lots of ways to measure the the effectiveness of your creative solution. The creative solution that that we applied was we, we kind of wanted to do something different than just issue a press release about this machine that you could... You could use to print directly onto fabrics, and so we issued a dress release instead, right? Which was basically the the press release printed onto a dress uh, to demonstrate the, the 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 huge kind of interesting capabilities of this this uh, this commercial printer, and you know what what a, what a gazillion uh, you know creative awards for that, but more importantly addressed. The business objective of the client, which was uh, to create some interest around this 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 commercial machine.
1: That was a very cool campaign. I remember seeing that and thinking, I I don't, that is just out, out of nowhere. That is such a brilliant solution to that business problem. And, and the opposite of dry as well. I mean, it's it's immediately attention grabbing. Um, I want to return to this point about talent then. What's the state of creative talent in B2B? Obviously, we've got two amazing B2B creatives in the room, but how are agencies and brands responding to this increasingly demand for creative work in the B2B space? Is is there a reliable pipeline of young creatives coming into this sector?
0: Well, I I should say say first out that um, we don't see it as... B2B talent and consumer talent. Oh. We, we, we just see it as, as one pipeline. Um, I think from, you know, I can speak from from our perspective. We have always set out to ensure that everybody in this agency feels empowered to come to client problems with creative solutions, that everybody feels comfortable in describing themselves as a creative, we don't have a uh, a creative department that has a door on it, right? We have cre- we have specialist creatives, um, but we see them more as creative leaders. So, you know, the the role of the creative unit in Fight or Flight is to create more creatives and regardless therefore of the state of the the pipeline of, of talent into the industry we know that we'll or we'll always have enough creative talent because we we continuously try to develop that talent
2: mm. yeah i would agree and i think more broadly it's it's really interesting Mar, in, in that still reputationally like like the obvious place for creatives to land is the consumer space right mm-hmm. it is the sexy brands it's the big campaigns it's It's everything that, you know, why I was in the the consumer world for over a decade. But what I think needs to happen, and I think hopefully we'll start to see the the tide turn on this, is the more that businesses like Fight or Flight are actually showing what is possible through creativity, will start to attract some of that talent into the industry. Because actually what I personally have found most fascinating about this is... um, it really it makes the brain hurt, right? If you are interested in the world and you are interested in how things happen and you are interested in how things connect, you know you've got to think a lot harder in B two B around how you bring all of that knowledge together to deliver a creative output that works for a, for a B two B brand. And that for me is fascinating, and it is changing my skill set after however many years in PR. Mm. Um, and it and it should be very appealing to people who want to come in and do a different type of creativity. So I think. We're not there yet. We're home growing it here because we naturally have talent who, who want to get involved and lean into creativity. But, you know, I would love to see over the next few years people actively choosing to come into B2B because it's um, it's challenging and it makes your brain hurt every day. But the reward when you get the creative right, as Dave said, is you're so closely linked to the effectiveness piece. It, it, it's a very different space in which to operate creatively but hugely rewarding off the back of it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm talking about learning different skill sets. Lauren, we, the rise of AI is just inexorable. It's but like it's come from nobody talking about it in November practically to it being the only topic of conversation now. How do you think brands and agencies should be thinking about the impact of new creative tools um, in the in the AI space? Are they changing the way you approach um strategy and planning and execution of campaigns yet?
3: Yeah, I think it's exciting. I think it's one of those things where we're very much taking it as an exploratory phase, and as you know, our clients are also interested in asking questions, and and we're kind of kind of working our way through it, kind of together collaboratively in, in lots of cases, which is really interesting. I mean, we very much see it as just it's another great tool in the toolbox, right? And one of the ways that you know Kate and I in particular have been kind of um, playing with it at the moment is you know within the creative kind of space. Um, you know, when you're in that very initial concepting phase, you know you're going into a, a kind of client meeting with a, a bunch of um, kind of ideas and you know a, a lot of you know as we kind of said before you know some of these challenges we're tackling are, are quite complex and you're trying to communicate potentially kind of quite um complicated ideas being able to go in and actually generate kind of um, mock-ups using you know dally mid-journey etc just to bring to life in those initial stages really quickly for a client this is what it's going to look like it helps them picture it in, in their mind and get buy-in but also when they're going to you know their various stakeholders internally to do that really important piece of work around getting the product team other the marketing um, teams on board as well it you know it's a really powerful a way for the agency teams to be able to bring their thinking to life quickly and effectively so that's one of the ways that we've already been kind of experimenting with it but I think there's a lot of kind of um, yeah, buzz and interest and I think just exploring kind of what it can do what the limitations are what the opportunities are and thinking about the way it can give you creative prompts for brainstorms or can help you you know synthesize information and summarize and and kind of learn more about a, a sector or a client you know I think we're very much of the the kind of opinion that whenever these kind of new technologies you know come to bear you know you, you've you got to kind of tackle it with an open mind and see see what it can bring bring to your thinking and how it can kind of be an extension of, of the work that you already do
2: yeah i couldn't agree more i think we're um, lauren and i have many conversations about the value of ai and actually just genuinely get excited every day when we see something else we can play with but i think as, as lauren said the important thing is For us it's not something we're relying on but it is something that is uh, an extra kind of resource to help either get us you know from a to b quicker as a springboard but actually for us the most important thing is like the thinking sits with the people that are around this table or or on the floor and it's like it it helps you accelerate but actually it's the talent of the individuals who then uh, take that information and translate it into something that really works creatively
1: it's interesting, isn't it, how the balance uh between human and machine is is uh not changing but very much evolving you know it still requires that human creativity to to prompt the AI creativity it's a it's a really interesting shift isn't it into what creativity actually is yeah I think I think
0: that's I think that's right uh, and I think I think I think a lot of the the, the fear and hostility towards uh, AI that, that we're seeing reflected in in some of the media at the moment it, it is a little bit of an overreaction. and I think you know we are we, we are doomed with all with all new technology to overestimate the impact in in the short term and underestimate the impact in in, in, in the longer term. Mm-hmm. And I think the impact in, in, in the longer term is going to be transformative. Absolutely, no doubt about that. Um, the, the the large language models that, w- that we've got at the moment, they are not going to put us out of a job, you know, in, in terms of the creative uh, element. Um, they are not very creative tools right now. But what they are, are superb human uh, creative assistants that can get you to an answer much, much, much faster and I think that's hugely exciting, because I think for B2B in particular, I think it could enable us to, to level the playing field very, very quickly. You know, it could enable lots of brands who maybe don't have large marketing budgets uh, to come to the table with really creative ideas. Mm. I think it could mean that, you know, creatives with fewer resources are, are able to play in in much kind of bigger fields. And I think that's gonna raise the standard of creativity across across the industry. We shouldn't be terrified of that. There is a lot of room for growth, for creative growth in, in B2B. There's a huge amount of, of exciting stuff that we could do. And uh, I, I think you know, the, the ability for, for us to kind of partner with machines um, to try and drive that extra creativity is really exciting
1: um that, that's brilliant and uh, yeah as you say that is wow we say long-term goodness knows how how quick long-term is is going to come around with the pace of change at the moment but what do you all think is the outlook for b2b creativity in the short term what campaigns are doing sort of well and what kind of creative output would you expect to see from brands and agencies this year and, and maybe next
2: uh, i have nothing but optimism around what's happening in this space at the moment um, and you know, you see, it was you know the first B2B you know, can last year. I would expect to see you know the quality of those entries going into can this year to to accelerate dramatically. Um, you know, we know that we've got some great campaigns coming through that you know compared to where we were this time last year. I think we we're all we've all accelerated on this journey far faster than even the three of us could ever have hoped. Right in terms of the briefs that we're getting through from clients, the opportunities um that live beyond pr and i think that is what is you know really fascinating about this space is when you really tap into those clients with the appetite you build up that trust and and that ability to show what creativity can can deliver then mm-hmm. suddenly the kind of you know the world's our ocean so to speak it's you know we have huge opportunities in front of us and i can only speak on behalf of you know fight or flight but wouldn't it be amazing if we saw you know a whole industry start to take you know huge creative leaps forward and we're, we're challenging each other to continue to push the creative barriers in in the same way that that's happened in the consumer world for years you know i think you know as a as an industry there's a an opportunity to to move together
3: yeah i think as well that the campaigns that really just bring that kind of human touch the emotion through i think it's something that you know, we haven't always seen historically on on kind of you know particularly I mean a lot of the clients we work on in the industries and sectors in B two B can be very techy and they can you know feel quite um kind of dense at times. For kind of you know, people who aren't close to the business but the campaigns that really cut through that and tell the human stories that sit behind you know the, the people who are building these incredible products that are going to change the way that we live our lives in really kind of fundamental ways you know the campaigns that can tap into to that vein and and actually really tell those stories in a simple but powerful moving way through you know content and, and, and you know, really pulling on all of the kind of um, integrated kind of um, touch points that, that, you know, as Kate said, when you get into a business and you're working really in tandem, not just with PR, but with marketing and those other other bits of the business, like that's when the magic happens. So I think we're we're excited and, and absolutely, like we're seeing more and more of this stuff coming through. And to the point about talent, I think the more that, you know, as Kate said, the more people see these campaigns, the more they're going to be excited to work on those, those big challenges and be part of the next big thing that comes out.
1: David, what are your closing thoughts on what's coming down the line in B2B creativity?
0: I, I, if, if I could do it in one line, I, I, would, I would say that, um, you know, awards judges are about to get a lot busier.
1: <laughs> that's a that's a very good one And kate mentioned that you know can lions introduced the b2b category last year and I felt, I felt that that's a that's an indicator that that changes very much afoot, isn't it um thank you all so much that was really really enlightening and i hope everyone listening is persuaded if they weren't already that b2b really is becoming one of the most creative uh corners of the pr industry david kate and lauren thank you so much for joining me
0: thanks my You've been listening to the Provoke podcast, brought to you by Provoke Media and produced by the international broadcast specialist, marketers.